0: Go little life out here. What the hell's going on out here? It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. To the UK Packers podcast, as usual, I'm your host. That's DDDNFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I'm highly conscious uh, that I'm a day late for the L podcast. But I was going to sit down yesterday and do it. I had a lot of the research done up. I'm glad I didn't actually because there's an awful lot more stuff that's after coming out in the meantime. And I would have looked like a right arse. Um, I had stuff about Richard Sherman, And I was going to go into uh, all about that fine fella. And I'm glad I didn't because he buggered off to the Niners. But anyway, I got home from, it was Mother's Day in Ireland and England and all across Europe I think. I think uh, all y'all Americans do it slightly differently. And uh, so I brought Joan out, Joan and the Mammy, out to uh, lunch or dinner. Is there like a, you know, breakfast and lunch brunch? Is there like a lunch-dinner hybrid? And I brought the two chiselers out as well. And But I got back. Oh, dear Jesus Christ, did I feel bad. Holy llama. I got that feverish. I know the I know you are all feeling really sorry for me. And, and you're, you know, the mini violins are out. But I got this like feverish aches and pains. I'm going to sound like I'm reading off WebMD right now. Uh, Lower back pain. Felt a bit weak and ropey. So decided that I had to hit the old bed instead. And uh, made the mistake today of uh, looking up on Google. What could potentially be wrong. And I'm afraid to say it is most certainly terminal. Like, So look it. Hopefully it's not that too serious. Uh, But let's make this a hell of a podcast if it isn't. So free agency is upon us. And nfl network are calling it what is it free agent frenzy it's not this like super hype thing but one of the most disappointing things that i saw on nfl network was they listed the top five busts of last year around this time and of course who sits atop or near a top last year was our good old buddy old pal marty b Oh, yes. And it's very topical because later on, I'm going to discuss some of the people that are kind of connected to the Packers in the free agency thing. And uh, a few uh, veteran tight ends there. And an awful lot of these have had a good bit to say per Twitter. So, there's all mad stuff going on as well, right? So, NFL Network, you need to get a hold of yourselves, for God's sake. Because i senior man, your um, man... What's your man who does the fantasy? And they're talking about the Browns making trades. And he's like... It's March, right? And he's like, oh, Jarvis Landry now is going to net some serious fantasy points. I'm like, dear Jesus. I don't like putting up a fantasy during the season. So to put up with it in March about some balls of how fantasy is going to do is just absolutely ridiculous. Um. So as I speak, and I might seem slightly distracted, I'm bringing up Demarius Randall on my phone to look at his twatter. Because quite a big talking point. Now, I lost a rag a bit. Didn't know what was going on, as most of you didn't, when Demarius Randall, when word came in that he'd been traded for the Sean Kaiser, of all people. But in the light of day, it makes a little bit more sense now when you look at sort of the history of stuff. And I've kind of went back and dug up some stories. So the short and curlies of it all is Demarius Randall was traded for the Sean Kaiser. In that swap, the Packers also swapped their picks in the fourth and fifth rounds with the Cleveland Browns to get the first pick of both rounds. So that's tasty. Um, they create somewhat of a hole in the cornerback position where there was already a massive hole. So that's a problem. Um, but maybe not too much of a problem, which I'll go on and discuss. But we also cleared eight hundred twenty four grand in cap space, so we took on Deshaun Kaiser's rookie contract, which nets to about four or five million over, um, three four years, and we gave away to Marius Randles, uh, which ended up netting us eight hundred twenty four k in cap space, which reading online it leaves us anywhere between 19 and a half to 20 21 million on free cap space heading into free agency so i thought this was a really bad deal when i first read it and i couldn't really understand it i didn't know about the you know swapping the fourth and fifth round picks which is pretty considerable right Uh, because we've picked up some talent in the fourth and fifth rounds in the past i'm not going to go into it on previous podcasts so to get the first pick um is important in both of those rounds. Now. Damaris Randall Got himself into a few. argy uh, bargies During the year. And showed his. Massive. I don't know. Immaturity levels. I guess. Uh, let's run through some of the incidents. So. This first kind of peaked. So look. He's a first round draft pick. There was an awful lot. Expected of him. In his first year. He wasn't really thrown into the deep end. Second year. He was injured. Um, and then thereafter. We've seen him Be pretty volatile and i'm going to go into his twitter messages after which to show he's even more volatile and it kind of shows his true colors a little bit now i was never a huge fan of the Marius randall to be honest um i thought he was pretty inept at times but then we were questioning all of these injuries that all of our cornerbacks had two years ago um, and then from what i saw from him last season even when he was tipped as you know leading the defense and in interceptions and all the rest of it which were pretty paltry anyway, um. I wasn't too impressed. However, it's a Thursday night football game. Packers are playing the Bears and he gets benched because he gets torched for a touchdown. Uh, he's sent to the bench and replaced by Josh Hawkins. And he gets into a fight, as we heard, with a coach, they say, which is presumably Joe Witt and joe witt sends him off to the locker room so this is where Demarius decides that it's a very clever idea to pack up his stuff and leave lambeau field immediately which is a bad idea because we've seen players get um sort of brought up haven't we you know when they've been injured and they decide not to travel with the team and that's why you know more often than not if a player is injured and as long as it's not a serious injury you'll see them in street clothes on the sidelines and in the locker room, trying to put a bit of pep into the team. So he decided to bugger off after he was sent to the locker room, which was bad. Immediately after that, they referred to that as an internal matter. Uh, Mike McCarthy came out and said, and then he said after the season, which are going to go into that, everyone knows what happened in Chicago. So Demaris's own mother came out, and when the mammy's coming out now, and telling you, ah, come on now, fella, you need to, you know, grow up a little bit. It's a bad thing. And then he had to meet Mike McCarthy the next day to clear the air. And it was after this game that we saw an improvement in his play. Now, there was rumours around the time that um, other teams would have just cut a player like this. And at the time, we were dealing with injuries with Devon House. Quinton Rollins was out. He was playing really sparingly at this time. So they really needed Demarius Randall in there because it would add insult to injury to let him go. And... It's moments like that that retrospectively when you look back at the end of a season that you would use that as a tool to blame why the Packers did as poorly as they did without Aaron Rodgers because you could say oh they let Damaris Randall go and you know it was an indiscretion it isn't pretty but why let him go when you're already injured at that thing and to take massive cones of steel to let him go at that stage um, and on top of all of this Damaris Randall had hand surgery at the end of the season so maybe that's a factor here so uh being the bright spark that he was during the season he comes out after the lions game after we were roasted by the lions matt stafford had just a game of his life and he said and i'm gonna quote it seemed like matthew stafford because we've called a matthew now fair play to tomorrow so one thing he got right it seemed like matthew stafford knew everything we were in uh, it seemed like we were very predictable it's hard to beat an offense like that whenever the quarterback knows where to go with the ball before he snaps it now funnily enough Our buddy old pal gets roasted for a touchdown in this game. That wasn't pretty. And then he comes out at the end of the season and says that the coaches should hold the players accountable. Which, you know, people saw him kind of point a finger at himself, but also with other players. And that kind of annoyed people. So, McCarty came out straight after that at the end of the season and said, and I quote, You're talking about words of frustration. I'll tell you what I told Demarius. He needs to focus on himself He's got to clean his own house. That's what I look for him to do in the off season. He did a lot of really good things, so he praises him, but also says to him to uh, respectfully shut your tits. So we've already saw the sort of tumultuous relationship with the Marius Randall and the Packers, and then he came out after a couple of games and starts criticizing some of the players that he went up against, right? Showing that he's a volatile enough. Now some people love that type of stuff. Uh, me personally, not that pushed on it when a player comes out and starts talking trash, especially when he ranks, you know, so arguably there are 64 cornerbacks in the game. Throw another 32 in there when you're playing um, different types of defense in the nickel. So uh, what are you talking about? You know, 96 cornerbacks and he reg- He I don't think he broke the top 100 last season. So certainly not in a position to be talking trash. So, then it came out that the Packers had traded him for Deshaun Kaiser. Now, what do we know about Deshaun Kaiser? Well, first things first, he lost every single game with the Browns last season. So, that'll show you. Someone came out and said to Rob Domofsky, oh, well, you lost every game. You know, 16 games is a load of crap. And he said, well, it's 15, but who's counting? And he's right. So, if I went and looked at his college career. So, 2015, he did quite well. Played 12 games, had a record at 10-2 and with Notre Dame or Notre Dame, whichever way you want to say it. Ended the season, two thousand eight hundred eighty passing yards, five hundred twenty-five rushing yards, and thirty-one total touchdowns. sounded, you know, sounds pretty good. Next year, he went four and eight with two thousand nine hundred twenty-five passing yards, four hundred and seventy-two rushing yards, with thirty-four total touchdowns. So still more touchdowns than the previous year. Um, you know, less than hundred yards rushing. Shy and more passing yards but ended up coming out with you know six extra losses which just seems crazy so with cleveland apparently he had kind of a um a marker to hit a 60 completion percentage he ended up with just over 53 and he had 11 touchdowns to 22 interceptions which is never a good thing but you can blame maybe the browns for that maybe he was thrown in too early uh, maybe he threw himself into the pro game too early um who knows either way People are saying that he's an upgrade to Brett Hundley. Well, when you look at Brett Hundley's record, you know, obviously he had more wins, but then you can say that perhaps the Packers are better coached. Or obviously Brett Hundley was supposed to be do you know doing even better than that because he'd sat behind the great Aaron Rodgers for so many years. Either way, at the very least, it offers competition to Brett Hundley, and then we hear that there's interest from the Cardinals and the Raiders in Brett Hundley. So look, I just think this for the Packers was not of the majesty of the Brock Osweiler trade with the Browns where it was kind of done for a reason. I think the Marius Randall going obviously with the criticism of his players and coaches, because another story came out that veteran Packer players had all gotten together in some sort of, you know, mini defensive union and it went to the coaches and asked them to release the Marius Randall. So I don't know what was going on behind the scenes, whether he was being a disruptive force he certainly seems fiery enough on Twitter, from what you can read into that. Um, so maybe Demarius Randall going, although it seems like a dumb move. You have to assume. Like, what do I know? What does a little twinkly-eyed Irish leprechaun know? And what do you know behind the the workings of the scenes here? You know, I mean, what what do we all we try get a glimpse into what we see is going on? So look, if if the because the look, Haha <laughs> Clinton Dix came out. And he had some pretty cryptic tweets as well saying we move in silence and all this kind of stuff just as the news, just before the news broke. So I don't know whether they went again at the end of the season and tried to put pressure on Gudkunst uh, or Mike McCarthy or whatever. But they obviously sort of allegedly voiced their dissatisfaction. And that's according to Rob Tomowski on ESPN. So maybe it's addition through subtraction. It adds a bit of um, fire to the quarterback room. Joe Callahan might not be back. So as it stands, it's only Brett Hundley and the Sean Kaiser behind Aaron Rodgers. And maybe Brett Hundley gets carted off. Now, a year ago, we would have got a ton for Brett Hundley probably because the quarterback market was crazy. We saw what they paid for Mike Lennon. Uh, we had some good stats on Brett Hundley, albeit in the preseason. But he was doing well and he would have been seen to be sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, which was fantastic. So look, God knows what's going to happen but we have another body in there at quarterback. We've moved up in the fourth and fifth rounds. We've saved ourselves 824 grand in cap space. So now let me look at Demarius Randall's tweets. So it was all this. Now, I hate this, right? Because the, the only time you hear that on the news nowadays when they're talking about Donald Trump, and that's bad to begin with. So he retweeted the Packers about uh, that he had a recorded interception in three consecutive games. Uh, the first Packer to do it since Casey Hayward, who's also been very vocal on social media against the Packers. So then he said after that, let the games begin with laughing emojis. Uh, then he retweeted a Daniel Jeremiah tweet that said, I think it's very likely the Browns win a game this season, perhaps many. And underneath that tweet, you can see people asking him, why did you do that? What are you talking about? And then he came out uh, a day later and just went hashtag dog pound. Now, surely... No, I don't know. I don't know who's the victim in all of this, whether it's the Packers or whether it is Demarius Randall. Maybe he's been done dirty. Can't really get away with saying that as an Irishman. Um, so I don't know. And, you know, instead of just saying thanks to all the Packer fans, but maybe he'd been roasted by so many at this stage that he was kind of thinking, well, screw it. I just want to get out of here. Maybe he was dealing with the players not liking him for whatever reason, the coaches falling out with him. So it's pretty, pretty horrible place to be for him. So I can kind of get why he didn't go. All right, guys, see you, and leave a heartfelt statement, um, but to just announce it that way is a bit odd. And then he retweets the NFL, and to just say that the trade is done. And then Casey Hayward comes out and said, "Watch little Randall time make that Pro Bowl again, throwing some shade at the Packers." Randall says, "Garage sale soon. Then Madden game. Anyone? I got the Browns, which seems a bit salty." Um, and then. Packers notes come out and say if Damaris Randall was such a turd I find it interesting that Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Heisman are okay with the trade they were in Green Bay for Randall's entire career and known both on and off the field as well as anyone and he put it out with kind of a like shrug emoji what you gonna do um and then he retweets Casey Hayward a bit more they seem to be sort of kindred spirits uh and then he tweets two hours ago from the recording of this podcast is I'm free laughing emojis and then he retweets another guy, which was his last tweet at the time. I'm still laughing at the fact that Demarius Randall was our best corner and possibly also safety, and we traded him for a backup quarterback. So, you know, the shot's fired there, and he's not handling it very well, whereas you'll find that some people are dignified, and maybe that's some of the growing up that he needs to do. But like I said, look, maybe he was wronged in some of this. I don't know all the workings behind the whole thing. But I digress. Anyway, on to more free agency targets. So Richard Sherman was a big one, and uh, people were saying because that was the thing about this whole Demarius Randall thing, right? It's created a, a bigger hole in the cornerback situation. Yes, he might have been difficult to deal with, but his play had markedly markedly improved. Jesus, it's getting late. Um, after that whole Bears bust up, now maybe that's something that they just couldn't come back from. Uh, but it leaves that hole, and that's initially made people think. That we were going to sign some big name cornerback, so Richard Sherman's name was thrown into the mix, and he ended up signing with the first team that he came across in the Niners. Now, personally, I always thought that he was a bit overrated. He's coming off an injury, so it could be damaged goods. He signs a monster contract, and if you look at the Packers themselves, yes, they obviously they, they, they were said to be infirm, um, and someone talking to Brian Gudekunst apparently said that which is how I will forever say his name because I, in all the footage out there and all the audio do you, ma- do you notice that everyone says Brian Gudekunst's name really fast because it sounds rude to them or something for some reason anyway so A-Rod didn't throw them famously Richard Charming he stayed away from him and even in that NFC Championship game uh, dare I say it like Voldemort He was injured. He had a shoulder arm injury and he was playing on one arm and it was very obvious to everybody watching. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers knew on the field, but he still refused to target him, which would be the obvious choice. So it goes to show how revered he is, Uh, but he's off the table. So I guess the next one that we can go to that makes sense is Tremaine Johnson. He's a cornerback for the Los Angeles Rams. So he played in LA for two years under the franchise tag. Um, And PFF have all these stats about him. But the the main one that I looked at was... In 2015, he was the 25th best cornerback in the league. If you assume that there's 32 main starters, 25th is okay. He was 26th in 2016. So took one step back. It's not really a discernible step back. You can't really say that he's gone into decline, let's face it. But last year, he was ranked 68th of all cornerbacks. And one thing that Pro Football Focus noted was is that he was very inconsistent, where he'd have the game of his life the next game, he'd have the worst game of his career, and he'd be very up and down. They said, overall, he's consistent uh, in coverage, but game on game, he can be very up and down. And there's stuff out there. Well, the Packers, look, we have about 19.5 to 21 million in free cap space going into free agency. Tremaine Johnson would command 15 million a year. So... In order to afford a player like that, you'd have to think, first off, can we? And second off, what do we need to do elsewhere on the roster to make space for that? And that's where you see all of the rumours coming in that Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb um, are going to either get cut or they're going to have to restructure the contracts. And the same goes for Clay Matthews, which also leaves, you know, Morgan Burnett's contract up in the air. They're trying to get the Aaron Rodgers deal done sooner rather than later. So I don't know if it's affordable, and I don't know based on the stats whether... Because there's all this stuff of like, oh, he's the best cornerback in free agency. Yes, he's the best cornerback in free agency, not the best cornerback, and that's an important thing to note. So someone else... And that's the thing, right? So we put it out there about offensive players, and there's a good few wide receivers we've been linked with. Uh, the tight end, Jimmy Graham, we've been linked with. And we put it out on our Twitter, you know, what do people think if we were to sign... um. Jimmy Graham, and as so far there's 344 votes on it 66% say yes 34% say no and the no votes are more vocal for a number of reasons on Jimmy Crane uh the criticisms that we've seen is that he's a bad blocker that he's too old now he's 31 years of age and we've seen sort of along the lines of that we don't want and this is I'm quoting other people here a washed up tight end um and I think it was Steve Hale fair play to you put it you know is green bay just a retirement home for tight ends so jimmy graham absolutely dynamite there's always talk about him being a basketball player um he was fantastic earlier in his career and he dropped off when he went to the seahawks he's had some injuries there uh the big positive with him is the fact that he has that large catch radius so if you stick him in the red zone you know you're gonna come down with some purchase but an important thing to note was that only nine of his 57 catches last year went further than 10 yards down the field. So the Packers' problem is separation. We don't need a tight end to effectively play the slot. And that's what he'd be doing here. You know, you he's just been hit by Pat. Now, I don't know whether that was just the Seahawks' O-line being so terrible that he had to get the ball out quick so Jimmy Graham couldn't get down the field. Look, who knows? To run through his years, 2010, 31 catches, 5 touchdowns, 2011, 11 touchdowns, 2012, 9 touchdowns, 13 and 14, 16 and 10 touchdowns respectively, goes to the Seahawks in 2015, ends the season with 48 catches and only 2 touchdowns, which is insane because that's half the amount of catches as 2011 where he had 11 touchdowns and he only came out with 2 with the Seahawks. 2016, 65 catches for 6 touchdowns. And 2017, last year, 57 catches for 10 touchdowns. And only 9 of those were more than 10 yards down the field. So, it's an interesting one that we got stung effectively with, well, definitely with Martellus Bennett, with Lance Kendricks to a degree. But then again, how much can you judge a small body of work uh, based on Aaron Rodgers being injured and Brett Hundy not being able to get the job done? So... Is he a good idea? Who knows? I think if we can get someone who's a oh, receiving threat with that type of radius and with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to elevate the players around him. And our O-line was pretty decent uh, last year. So could be a weapon. Wouldn't turn him down. Muhammad Wilkerson, defensive end. So the penny dropped for me when I heard someone say that his best season in 2012. I was like, hold on, hold on. That was six years ago. So he was a first round draft pick in 2011. He's 28 now. He signed a monster $86 million deal in 2016. Because in 2015, he had a career high 12 sacks. If you look at the top 100 players, he's always on there. So he's been a good player consistently, but he has some discipline issues. And that's part of the reason why the Jets um are shoving him into free agency. Because he's arriving late to meetings and he was suspended uh, for doing so. And he just seems like a disruptive player. Do we want a player with discipline issues? I mean, if you're not incentivized from an $86 million deal to get your rack together and be in a meeting room on time, you know, do you really want that player playing for you? Now, there's all this narrative about, you know, he played his best football under Mike Petten. And if he was to go to green Bay, that he would sort of toe the line that remains to be seen. And what's telling about all of this is is that the the Jets now because the Browns are doing some crazy creative stuff in free agency are said to have the biggest amount of cap space at about 90 million so they can afford to keep this guy or restructure his deal or do whatever they want with him um but they've decided to let him go now a few positives about signing them is is that yes he's a pretty dynamite player albeit he has those discipline issues um, he could play a good role in the locker room with his experience, perhaps, if he wasn't being disruptive. And if we were to draft some defensive rookies, he'd have a lot to teach them and they'd be able to sit behind Muhammad Wilkerson, you know, depending on how long the deal is and see how he does, how he does things. So he's visited the Packers, uh, the Redskins, the Chiefs and the Saints. So I don't know whether it's up to him to pick which team he wants to go to or whether someone will make a play for him. Um. That kind of remains to be seen. So I guess the, the last two to talk about of any note is is Sammy Watkins and Alan Robinson. So Alan Robinson's coming off a pretty grisly ACL tear in 2017. He, I think he played some of the first game and then he was out for the rest of the season. He says he's going to be good to go uh, when team activities come back. And the Packers, according to Chris Westling, um, and Ian Rappaport are in for him. Now, they say that they wouldn't be surprised if they... What's the quote? I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers dipped their toe into these waters as well. But to say that the Packers are going to go after a wide receiver is implying that they let Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb go. Now, it's very difficult and very unfair, I think, to judge Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb off last year alone. But it is telling that Devontae Adams still had fantastic production last year, whereas Jordy and Randall didn't. And you would question whether Aaron... Has the Aaron Rodgers effect on Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb? You know, we know the rapport between Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb, and you know, Aaron's turning up to his college ceremony and he's at his wedding as one of the groomsmen. And he spoke very openly and very vocally about, you know, getting the ball to Randall Cobb more, and that was going to be one of their things that they wanted to do last season before the injury. And then Jordy Nelson got off to an absolutely storming start with Aaron Rodgers at the start of the season before his production fell off a cliff when Aaron got injured. So I don't know, and I think that's a topic for another podcast that I'd like to delve into, you know, the production that we've seen from those two wide receivers and how likely it is that the Packers cut them. Brian Gutekunst came out this week at the Combine and said that with players like that, you just don't want to see them walk. So from what he's saying outwardly is that he wants to keep them. But we'll see what happens there so Sammy Watkins is with the Los Angeles Rams at the moment last year really didn't light it up 39 catches uh, 593 yards at a 15.2 yards per catch and eight touchdowns so the teams in for him are said to be Chicago Bears Jacksonville Jags and the Rams are in talks to bring him back so Watkins is that deep threat that the Packers need so whether you know, we're happy with Devontae Adams after signing him to that new contract to provide that deep threat. Whether we try draft it, you know, whether we try make something that Jeff Janis with his speed, Geronimo Allison remains to be seen. Or whether we go and make a splash in free agency. But with how good Aaron Rodgers is at bringing up the level of play uh, with his wide receivers, I don't know how likely it is that we make a splash in the wide receiver free agency market but look what do i know as i said leprechaun ireland all those things so that's the free agency wrap up and hopefully this podcast ages pretty well and that we get a couple of days out of it before the packers start going crazy and sign every player under the sun um but it's exciting times this is where the football starts to properly ramp up again so a bit of housekeeping for you Uh, if you're not a member of the uk packers official memberships which is free Get onto the website, UKPackers.college.uk and sign up. Um, there's a lot of advantages from that. If you sign up, then you get your official membership number. You can emblaze them on some of our merch. Um, and also, we organize meetups in places that we see large bodies of Packer fans and if any events come up. Um, and more importantly, um, you know, we've got ties with the Packers and we'd, we'd like to think that if the Packers come over here uh, that we'd have pretty strong ties You know, with organizing pep rallies and... Uh, player meets and also block book and tickets so there's many advantages of getting signed up to that membership scheme and it's free so it's not going to cost anything and and by all means check out the store we've got some cool teas on there and also 1919 shop is coming really really soon and we're going to kick off the 1919 club again which is the Raz um pretty shortly as well because we've got some pretty cool merch coming over from across the pond it should be over the atlantic as we speak so keep an eye out on the website ukpackers.co.uk to see what cool signed merch is in the store and we're trying to bring it to the uk fans for bargain basement prices that's what we're all about here at uk packers is giving the best experience to Packer fans. So get into the Facebook group um, at UK Packers on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UK Packers, and hit up our Insta for all breaking news and funny memes. Just search UK Packers on there also. I've been at the NFL. Follow the site www.ukpackers.co.uk. UK. And until next week, I'll talk to you then.